LeBron down the middle. LeBron all the way. Tried to dunk Whoa. it. Blocked by Jared Allen. Allen blocked a dunk attempt by LeBron. That's what Allen does, though. He's, he's done that a lot. He's in his 20s. I'm in my 30s. It'll take me a little longer to get warmed up. But um, that's fine. I mean, you're a shot blocker. You should, You can get a block. It happens. It's probably all over social media. So that's cool. Salty LeBron to start the sports pen on this Wednesday afternoon. ESPN UP WZAM Ishpeming Marquette. Tanner Hoops with you, joined by Rachel Zerby of ABC Marquette. Did you know that was the 1,850th dunk attempt for LeBron? Only the ninth time he's been blocked. That's an elite club. Who counts all those dunks? Elias Sports <laughs> Bureau, probably. They count everything. That's they always ridiculous. have good stats. It's like. Anyone who could strike out Joe Maurer before he went to the pros was only struck out once in high school. Now that guy's like a legend in Minnesota. By the way, Joe Maurer retiring his jersey number. Twins putting him in uh, amongst some elite company. He is now the ninth Minnesota twin to have his jersey number retired. But you're focusing on a different Minnesota team. That's how (laughs) I want to start. How was the Vikings game on Sunday? Oh, it was awesome. I don't... Anyone should go everyone should go to u.s bank stadium i walked in and i was like you walk in you're like right there Mm -hmm. like normally you just see like walls and it's like all concessions but it's just so open Mm -hmm. and you can see everything and you can see the skyline in the background through the glass it's it's beautiful and it gets so loud in there Mm -hmm. i was like wow no wonder people can you imagine what the final four there is going to look like next season? No, I saw that. I want to go. I was like, me and my sister looked at each other. We're like, oh, maybe we'll come back to Minnesota. It's going to look really cool yeah, with all the glass up there. Awesome. I think they have to black that out. You know, they posted Probably. baseball there. Did they really? I actually called baseball games from there. Here's a photo of what that looks like oh with my- a baseball. So small. It's a considering small. it's huge. <laughs> yeah, that place was immaculate, though. Let's jump right into it with the playoff pitcher. The Colts would be a team that if they get into the playoffs, the if is the big thing right now, they might be that team with five, six, seven even losses that no one wants to see Mm -hmm. in the NFL playoffs because sometimes not who's the better team, it's who's the hotter team. Mm -hmm. There's very few teams that are playing better football than the Colts right now. But I tell you what, the Vikings have a shot to be that team. If they get into the playoffs, they got a new offensive coordinator, one who isn't going to clash with Mike Zimmer. He's going to work with Mike Zimmer. And you saw what they can do. They put up 200 yards in the first quarter. No other team's done that this season. His first quarter as an offensive coordinator gives them 200 yards, 41 points against a Dolphin team trending upwards. Vikings can win these last two games. They can get that explosive ball control, time possession, dominating offense back. That gives them their defense back. They've got Chicago to make a statement against in one of these last two games. The Vikings could very well be that team that no one wants to play if they sneak in the postseason as a wild card. See what happens when you give the ball to Dalvin Cook. Yes, good things like, happen. <laughs> it's not common sense here, but yeah, I agree with that. They the way they just have all the pieces to the puzzle. Mm-hmm. There's just they're still missing something, but I don't know. They're a team I really wouldn't want to see in the playoffs. No? I mean, it depends what kind of Kirk Cousins you get. Right. <laughs> like the Vikings but, personnel, they're the same as last yeah. year. The team that went thirteen and three. But Pat Shermer is an offensive mm-hmm. coordinator, worked with Zimmer. John Filippo did not. The Vikings struggled despite having maybe even more talent on the field with Kirk Cousins being a little bit of an upgrade over mm-hmm. Case Keenum. But now they've got Kevin Stefanski, who really looks like he's ready to work with the pieces they already have in place. Tell you what, the Vikings could be the sleeper in the NFL playoffs. And that defense 
what it was the third quarter, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they gave up that 75-yard touchdown run to start, and then but mm-hmm. then on the Dolphins' next drive, I think they had three straight sacks, and ever since then, they, I, I mean, I think they finished the game with nine sacks. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I feel like all they need is just a little momentum swing, and that defense is They're hungry. They pounce yeah. on it. You get a guy like <laughs> Anthony Barr backing up Everson Griffin, uh-huh. Daniel Hunter. They're a scary defense. Yeah, They're not they a team are. you want to see in the playoffs. No. Well, hey, uh, talking about the playoffs a little bit more, I don't see the Eagles as making the postseason this year, but they've decided to start playing like a team that just won the Super Bowl. I'm, I'm because they have their Super Bowl quarterback playing. They do, don't they? <laughs> and that's what... I'm sorry, I'm rooting for the Nick Fool story so I bad. I think it's incredible. I tell you what, it might sound crazy, but I think if you're the Eagles, you might start putting out some feelers as far as... Who would want Carson Wentz? You could get some trade bait. Oh, there's him. no way. The Eagles are not giving up Carson Wentz. I don't know why Absolutely they would not. Carson not? Wentz is their franchise quarterback. Yes, but why? No, that's not. They're, no. All he likes no. to throw to is Zach Ertz. Nick Foles throws to everybody. He gets everybody involved. The Golden Tate trade ended up being a flop for both those teams because Carson Wentz never went to yeah. him. He'd only go to Zach Ertz. Nick Foles is spraying the football. And maybe the numbers aren't flashy, but he's winning ball games. You belong in Philly sports radio. You think so? <laughs> yeah. <I like laughs> That's a Nick hot Foles topic a in, in sports radio down there. I like there. Nick Foles a lot. I, think I the do Eagles, too, but... I think they would benefit a lot for him. Nick Foles, I know, no. I know. You've got the younger <laughs> Carson Wentz. He can't stay healthy would be his problem. Maybe the ceiling is higher for Carson Wentz. Right now, if you want to win in the short term, Nick Foles is winning your ball games. I just like him a lot. Yeah, I mean, right now, but I, Nick Foles is not the long term. No, he's not. It's kind of like what the Buccaneers were going through with Jameis and Fitzpatrick yeah. earlier this year. Oh boy, do they ever need to figure out the quarterback <laughs> situation? Well, hey, uh, nine out of the last ten years, a team that had been in last place in their division the previous season has jumped to first place. That's kind of incredible. Nine out of the last ten years, a team went from worst to first. This year was the Chicago Bears. Always seems to be Mm -hmm. that we have one of those teams. Two weeks left in the season. Which bottom feeder in the NFL should we expect the most out of next season? Does any jump out at you? I want to say... are The Giants, they're last. They're last, yeah. yeah. I don't know, just Saquon Barkley is just something special. Mm-hmm. And I think once the Giants figure out their offensive line mm-hmm. and, I guess, quarterback situation too, I think eventually, maybe not next season, but eventually the Giants are going to get there. Because it, when you think together. about it, who else really would jump out right. at you from the NFC? You've got Arizona. I don't see them making too much of a no. jump. Tampa Bay's got a lot to figure out. Detroit, maybe. They, maybe, they yeah. shouldn't have been last this yeah. season. but. Here they are. Giants will have their opportunity. I still think they're maybe two years away from being a serious mm-hmm. contender. San Francisco is not in last place anymore over in their division. They're one game ahead of Arizona. But I could see them having a really good season next year. I really could. Once they get Garoppolo back, they pair him up with George Kittle and Kyle Shanahan. I think they could be a team that could surprise yeah, a lot of yeah. people. Not expecting a Super Bowl no. run from now, but they'll be, they'll <laughs> but, be a yeah. much better team than they were this season. And I still think Atlanta is one of the top teams in the NFL. They just went through an awful year. Yeah. Talk about being, like, one of the, like, best to worst. Mm-hmm. They went the like... opposite way. <laughs> Jeez. How about in the AFC? The last place teams right now are the Jets, the Bengals, the Jaguars, and Oakland. 
any of those teams that we could have high expectations for next year? Uh, um, let's do process of elimination, not the Raiders. <laughs> yeah, then maybe about 10 years. Um, maybe. The, Everything goes according to his plan. Who was the other? The Jets? No. Jets? You expecting Sam Darnold to no. really burst on the Sam Knight no. either? Bengals? Maybe mm. if Andy Dalton can figure it out and they get rid of Marvin Lewis. Jacksonville's got all the pieces yeah. there for that defense to be good, but they need Leonard Fournette on the field. Yeah, I I would probably think Jacksonville would have the more chances than all these other those the three other teams. I can't wait and, to see who it is though. It's so weird. We have one of those teams every year, at least nine out of the last ten, that goes from worst to first. Well, hey, NFL Pro Bowl rosters were released last night. Don't give me that. <laughs> well, for, okay, yeah, do give me that. Give me your thoughts on the Pro uh, Bowl. So irrelevant. Does anyone watch the Pro Bowl? When even is it? What's the, like, I just don't understand. I think it's the week after the Super Bowl now. No, it's the week before yeah, the Super Yeah, so what's Bowl. the Excuse point me. of that? It's stupid. It's all about money because nobody Half the cares pl- yeah. once the Super Bowl ends. Exactly. Tom like, Brady hasn't played in it since 2005, be, yeah, but he just set an NFL Bowl. record for most uh, consecutive trips to the Pro Bowl with 14. But even when he's not in the Super Bowl, he just chooses not to play in yeah, it. Yeah, it's dumb. It is kind of dumb. Because if you make the Super Bowl, then the those players who are like named to the Pro Bowl mm-hmm. don't like other players have to replace them. So it's like you didn't really mm-hmm. even earn your spot. No. It's just like, oh, here, like, go play in Orlando, wherever it is. Your participation trophy here <laughs> yeah. for you. Tom Brady has tied an NFL record by being named to his 14th Pro Bowl. That ties Peyton Manning, Tony Gonzalez, Bruce Matthews, and Merlin Olsen. That is his 10th straight Pro Bowl. That is the longest active streak. 10 straight Pro Bowls for Tom Brady. He's there this season. It's certainly not been a typical Pro Bowl no. year for him, but... I looked around the AFC last night when those rosters came out, and I thought, Tom made it again. Is there some politicking going on? (laughs) But then really, who would replace him over in the AFC? I mean, I can't think of anyone else who would deserve it. No one. I mean. It's a combination of both, politicking and there's really no one there. When he decides to sit out of this year's Pro Bowl, whether he makes the Super Bowl or not, I wonder who they're going to pick to replace him, because right now they've got Mahomes and Rivers going as the other AFC quarterbacks. I don't know who would be the other most deserving. I mean. Deshaun Watson, maybe? Maybe. He's not the only one that comes to mind. Yeah. Lamar Jackson's winning games. I don't know if he's a Pro Bowl no. guy, but he could be a Pro Bowl running back. Yeah, really. That's about all he does. Now, they, uh, the Pro Bowl rosters released last night, and there were a few noticeable snubs. I can't figure out how Christian McCaffrey didn't make it. Him and Alvin Kamara have got to be the two biggest snubs to me. What about you? Wait, Alvin, I didn't even look at the rosters. Alvin didn't Alvin make it. Alvin Kamara didn't make it. Okay, that makes sense because that's why he, did you see his tweet today? No. It was like the crying, laughing emoji oh, faces. Because no. I was like, oh, what happened? Don't be that guy who gets upset about being left out of the Pro Bowl. He'll probably go to this, maybe go to the Super Bowl anyway. Yeah. So what does it matter? It's not going to matter anyway. That's surprising though. Mm, it is. He's one of the best running backs in football. Wow. He'll be an all-pro yeah. guy this season. Him and McCaffrey, probably both. I don't see how they could, how they could be left out. Who who are the running backs? Running backs are Saquon, Todd Gurley, and Ezekiel Elliott. So it's hard to make a case against those three, yeah. but still, I mean, McCaffrey as good as he's been this year. Alvin Kamara, exactly. Like bump Ezekiel out of there. I'm sorry, the Cowboys aren't having no act out of a year. No, they're not. No, I mean, I, if there was any of those three that would get bumped, it would be Zeke. Yeah, Saquon Sa- and Gurley. Yeah, they that's probably deserve kind it. of common sense. Yeah, they deserve it. <laughs> 
Lions send Darius Slay for the second straight year. Packers are sending Rodgers. And Devontae Adams, about that, he gets his ticket to Orlando, not Hawaii anymore. Wait, question. Is yes. this one of those things where every team has to be represented? No. Oh, okay. No, Oakland okay. wasn't represented. Okay. I think there were two more that didn't get in. I can't think of them. You know, the Oakland would have a Pro Bowler there, but... Oakland would... You would think so. They kind of messed that up. Yeah, they did. They <laughs> sent all their pro bowlers. They sent their pro bowlers to Dallas, to Chicago. I don't think Amari Cooper made it. But I heard this stat that Khalil Mack has like 12 and a half sacks on the year, and mm-hmm. the Oakland Raiders have like 12. Like, he has that. as much as his old team. I brought this up <laughs> on the show yesterday. Is Aaron Donald the best defensive player in the NFC? Because I think it's Khalil Mack. And people are talking about Donald for MVP. What do you think? And Khalil Mack easily. Yeah. He's more valuable to yeah. the Rams, their success the last few weeks has depended on Jared Goff. And he's played terrible, so the Rams aren't winning. Mm-hmm. But you take Khalil Mack out of the Bears defense, oh, yeah. and what are they? Because I was, I was honestly surprised when Khalil Mack was going to the Bears. I was like, obviously I don't want that because it's the NFC North. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I didn't think at the time that he was going to have much of an impact on the whole entire team. But I think he just lit a fire in Chicago where mm-hmm. everyone was like, we have the best defensive player in the NFL. And then they just <laughs> rocket shipped into a good year. They've got it a was really, wild. I, I, I really wasn't expecting it. A very smart head coach yeah. coupled with a quarterback that he's brought ahead of schedule. Trubisky wasn't supposed to be this good for maybe mm-hmm. a year or two. I don't know if Tariq Cohen was ever supposed to be good. He was too <laughs> small to make the NFL. They told him. And now look at him. Now he's lighting the world on fire. He was a Pro Bowl selection on special teams as well. Does Matt Nagy get Coach of the Year? Give me your thoughts on Coach of the Year oh, before gosh. we go to break. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I guess we'll, we'll see how the year plays out. Right. But like as of now, I would assume so. I would so. vote for him I'm right now. There's worst to first, yeah. yeah. Still two more weeks left. Sean McVay will be in the conversation. Anthony Lynn, I think, has got to get some consideration over there in L.A. We have got Rachel Zerby from ABC Marquette in studio with us. We'll take a timeout, and we've got more coming up. We go to the hardwood and the ice after this on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Don't forget, Pigskin Payday's back. Pick the winner of each week's game to win. Play all season long for the $100,000 grand prize only at Ojibwe Casino, Barriga, and Marquette. Tanner Hoops joined by Rachel Zerby from ABC Marquette in studio with us. Well, the last time you were here, right as you were leaving the studio after our episode of the Sports Pen, Temple announced their new football coach was coming in. <laughs> You're our Temple Owls oh, expert. Gosh. Manny Diaz is coming up from Miami, the defensive coordinator for the Hurricanes. Ed Foley is still going to get a coach the bull game that he was so hyped for. Manny Diaz, how do you feel about the hire? Uh, the turnover chain's coming to Broad Street. Yes, He's it is. He's the creator of that, supposedly, but... I don't really know much about Manny Diaz and what he did at Miami, but I do know he's bringing on Fran Brown, Mm -hmm. who used to be on Matt Rule's staff at Temple, who he followed down to Baylor, but now he's coming back, and he's a Philly guy, and a lot of the players on Twitter were trying to get him to be the head coach, but Mm -hmm. now he is an assistant, so I guess that's a good start for Manny Diaz to bring back some Philly roots because they want to get all the Philly recruits because we're kind of the only – division one program like in the philadelphia area 
that's relevant. I feel bad for Ed Foley a little bit. I do bit. too. He because so he, hyped. yeah, and he wants it so bad. But like, he's such a genuine, nice guy where mm-hmm. he so unselfish that he probably doesn't really care. He just wants to be on that coaching staff. He just wants to see the players succeed. I can't wait for that bowl game and to see him on the sideline mm-hmm. as an interim head coach against Duke. I want him to get it so bad because last year, too, he coached the bowl game, but mm-hmm. I didn't pay attention to Temple football last year. They're pretty good this season. This yeah. is a good season to pay attention to. <laughs> they were even better a couple of years ago. Yeah, when I was in school. I kind of – I mean, they've been playing the wrong quarterback. Mm, yeah with the Jeff Collins era. So yeah. a lot of people are kind of happy to see him go. He's heading down to Georgia <laughs> Tech to take over for Paul Johnson. Manny Diaz is on his way up north to Philadelphia. They got billboards welcoming him up there. They're excited for All it. All the time. Bill- they have billboards for everything. Do they? Yeah. I don't know if I've ever been to Philadelphia. I can't say I have. You should. I should. You really should. Okay. It looks like Very historic. State. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. My cousin was there last week. I was seeing Snapchats of the mm-hmm. Liberty Bell. Yeah. It looked like yeah. a cool place. You definitely have to go to a sporting event. Yes. Just to, just to see how it is. <laughs> if I wore my Sidney Crosby jersey, oh, I, would I get mugged? Absolutely. Fun fact, we're going to go sidetrack a little. Okay. The first thing in Minnesota, I looked my dad, and I was like, the first thing I noticed is that Minnesota Vikings fans, like, don't heckle the other team. Mm-hmm. There were so many Dolphins fans there, like mm-hmm. w- just walking down the street, and no one was saying a word to them. I was like, if this was Philadelphia, these people probably would have beer spilled on them. Mm-hmm. Like they would have been like swearing at them, like get out, blah 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 blah. But no, like everyone just minded their own business in Minnesota. I was like, this is so different. <laughs> Vikings fans are a very polite breed of people. They do tailgate pretty good, though. They do not tailgate, gonna lie. You bet. I was up there for the Minneapolis Miracle game and. It was about 6 o'clock at night when the game was ending. I had a long drive to get back to Iowa. It's about four hours from the Twin Cities to where I was living at the time. So I wanted to get out of the stadium immediately. I couldn't physically leave U.S. Bank Stadium because of the people celebrating for 50 minutes after Stephon mm-hmm. Diggs ran into the end zone to win the ball game because I was making so many lifelong friends I'm never going to see again because everybody was so happy and blinded by joy. Uh-huh. They're a fun group of people. Yeah. So I know it's a big Packer <laughs> area up here. I know it's a big Lion yeah. area. But I was so happy for those fans because they've oh, been yeah. success-starved for so mm-hmm. long. It was really fun to see that kind of a joy. Oh, yeah. Those, the, there are some people that go all out, too, like dress like they look like Vikings. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, that's some dedication there. <laughs> During the break, I'll show you what I wore to the, oh, gosh. Miracle, <laughs> to the miracle game. Not going to do it while we're on air, though. Philadelphia, though, that was the place to be last night. Carter Hart made his debut, and he beat the Red Wings on the ice 3-2. to two. The Flyers get the win. They had a 3-1 lead. Jacob De La Rose closed the gap in the third period, but Detroit couldn't get any closer. Carter Hart became the sixth different goalie that Philadelphia has played this season. Only the second time in NHL history that a team has used six different goalies before Christmas in one season. And it's their second head coach of the season as well. I was going to well, say, that's debut. kind of when you know that your franchise is a little dumpster fiery when bit. that happens. That's tough after <laughs> they were a playoff team a season ago. Uh-huh. And now they take a giant step back at the bottom of the Metro division. But they get the win mm-hmm. last night. How about the Pacers? They had their winning streak ended last night at the buzzer. Larry Nance with the tip in. They lose to Cleveland. They lose to Cleveland. But the Pacers are quietly 20-11. I know they've lost two games in a row, but who do they have on that team? Yeah, the Pacers are always a kind of a sleeper. Mm-hmm. Every year. Mm-hmm. They're always like the 5-6, like 4-5-6 range in the East. 
but just, I mean, it's a small media market. I can't say that they have totally been awesome this season at 20 and 11, but for what they have on the team, they have been superb. So that's going to be our homework for this week. Find out who coaches the Pacers and give them coach of the year. Okay. All right. (laughs) I think it's Nate McMillan. I don't think it's Nate McMillan. You're asking. I don't know. I don't even know. (laughs) Uh, How about uh, Celtics and Bucks? We've got that game coming up on Friday night. I'm hyped for that. That, that, Yeah, that's going to be a good one. I'm really excited for that one. Celtics looked like they were figuring it out. And then they lose to a Detroit team that was on a six game losing streak. And then Milwaukee beats Detroit. So I don't know. Milwaukee barely beat Detroit, though. Yeah, they did. They did. <laughs> That's true. Milwaukee looks like they have everything there to be a dominant team this year. And they win some big games, and then they lose some mm-hmm. that they probably shouldn't. I just can't figure them out. I can't really figure out the NBA. No. It's weird. Because, like, all these good teams, like, I don't know. Like, the Cavs and then the Brooklyn Nets, mm-hmm. they'll randomly give the good teams a run for their money. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the Bucks. I don't know. I'm still not sold on them fully. They're winning big games, mm-hmm. but we'll see. We still got a long way to go. <laughs> How about the NBA slate of games on Christmas Day, less than a week from now? You've got the Lakers taking on Golden State. LeBron is going up against Steph, Clay, KD, Draymond, the team that beat him in the finals last year. Still no Boogie Cousins. He's probably got a better supporting cast around him in L.A. this year. But I think they're going to lose worse than they did when he was with Cleveland. I get it. Okay, yeah, it's LeBron James against Steph and KD and all them. That's not going to be a good game. I don't want to see the Warriors and Lakers play on Christmas. I know. Why do people think that will... Like, if anything, I want... Like, can the Lakers play the Cavs? Like, that'd be a better game. It would be a better game. Like, Warriors, like, have the Warriors play the Thunder. Mm-hmm. Something, some, something more good. exciting. Yeah. <laughs> You're just going to see Steph go off for 50 yeah. points. KD will probably have a triple-double. LeBron will carry the yeah. Lakers, kind of like he has all season. 18-13. and 13. Okay, so LeBron's 18-0. and 0. Lakers are 0-13 <laughs> this season. How about Denver leading the Western Conference 21-9? and 9? I didn't see it coming. Who's even on Denver? Exactly. Jokic? I don't know. Isaiah Thomas? Isaiah Thomas, there you go. Is he healthy? Uh, No, he's not healthy. trying to think. How are they good? They have Paul Millsap, but he's hurt. How are the Nuggets good this season? (laughs) They'll they'll collapse, obviously. I think so, at some point. It's too good to be true. Right, right. At some point, they're going to come back down to earth. Yeah. Let's uh, go to baseball. Matt Harvey still finds work. As he signs on with the L.A. Angels yesterday, a guy who never really reached his full potential with the Mets, the Angels, without Shohei Otani, are signing him to a one-year $11 million deal. He could probably take that $11 million, put it through a shredder, and it would still be more productive than what they're going to get out of Matt Harvey this year. <laughs> Yikes. That was how you really feel about I Matt wish Harvey. Matt Harvey was good. <laughs> I mean, I, I, okay, I should say this. He can be good mm-hmm. if he stays healthy. And that's been his problem for the past few years. And I hope he's good because I like his stuff when he was healthy and when he was young in his career. But he's just struggled way too much as of late. I don't know that he's going to be productive. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like Matt Harvey's that name where, like, I guess not really growing up. But, mm-hmm. like, back in the day, it was, like, a name you kind of always heard. And it was, like, keep an eye out on him. And then 
now it's like, who is Matt Harvey? You now know? he's struggling <laughs> to find himself again. But when he was on and he was healthy, he was a lot of fun. But if he wants to go to a place where he wants to stay healthy, Angels might be the last team he wants to go to. They can't keep pitchers healthy. Garrett Richards is always hurt getting season-ending surgery around May or something. Shohei mm-hmm. Otani's not going to be able to pitch next year. Angels have a new manager. I just don't see them as being that good, to be honest with you, and I don't know how much longer Mike Trout can put up with no. it. I'm re- I'm waiting for the big free agent signings to happen in baseball. Yes, you're waiting for the yes. Phillies to call Bryce Impatiently. Harper's number. Supposedly Manny Machado is visiting Citizens Bank Park tomorrow. I would rather he goes there instead of the Chicago White Sox. I'll tell you oh, that. I do too. Why... What is appealing to Chicago White exactly. Sox other than that it's Chicago? Mm-hmm. But like Philadelphia, Chicago is what the third largest city. Philadelphia's fourth. Phillies have a better future than yes, the White Sox do. do at the moment. Manny Machado will fit right in with Philadelphia culture too because he's a bad guy, so to say, like a little rebellious. If you, you know? get Machado and Bryce Harper, <laughs> you might be NL favorites. I'm moving season. home. <laughs> I can't miss that. <laughs> Rachel Zerby from ABC Marquette. We'll take a time out as we hit the bottom of the hour. More after this on ESPN UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN UP and on the ESPN UP app. Welcome back to The Sports Pen on ESPN UP. Don't forget, Big Skin Payday's back. Pick the winner of each week's game to win. Play all season long for the $100,000 grand prize only at Jibboy Casino, Barriga, and Marquette. Tanner Hoops with you, joined by Rachel Zerby from ABC Marquette. Here is your Sports Center update. The Minnesota Twins are retiring Joe Maurer's number seven jersey. He will be the ninth twin to have his uniform number retired. Zach Levine will miss two to four weeks for the Bulls. Meanwhile, the Raiders are signing former Buffalo quarterback Nathan Peterman. And finally, there was another goalie goal last night. Just shortly after Ate Tolvanen gets his. Roman Durney of the USHL's Des Moines Buccaneers decides to do it as well. Funny story, I somewhat owe my job to Roman Durney because he is one of the goalies in my official demo tape, in my hockey play-by-play tape. When I was still with Sioux City and the Musketeers, they were playing the Des Moines Buccaneers that night. Durney was one of the netminders, so congratulations, Roman. Thanks for helping me get up here. <laughs> no way. And goalie goals are fun. Did was you it get as, to see Ate's? Yeah, I did. I did. Was it as cool as Ate's, though? No. Nothing other than no. as cool as Ate's. Okay. That yeah. one was pretty cool. Yeah. Especially coming against Tech in a game like that. Oh, yeah. No better game to do it in no. than against your arch rival. But did you see he got credited for an assist the next yes. week, too? <laughs> I love it. Racking up those points. A two-point <laughs> weekend for Ate from the net. He gets a win and made over 50 saves during the weekend as well. Northern Hockey starting to play really, Mm -hmm. really well as of late. They've won three of their last four. They've gotten at least a point in five of their last six. Unfortunately, the holiday break might kill a little bit of that momentum. It's kind of a bad time for that. I don't know, because Grandpa Tony was saying, uh, I think it was last week at the presser, that they are in the exact same position that they were in last year. Mm -hmm. And we all know how last season went. Yes, we do. So... I don't know I think it, I think it was good for them to get that series sweep heading into the break, and then I mean, granted, they're going to be spending two weeks in Alaska mm-hmm. to start the new year. So, 
Those are winnable games, but yeah, that they trip are, but is tough. Brutal. That's a brutal yeah. <laughs> trip. Alaska's a cool place, so have you ever been there? No, I haven't. I've been to Alaska maybe eight years ago. Really cool place. Did I you see any it. moose? Yes. That's what I want to see. Yes. Because like, there's always, like, you see, like, moose crossing signs up here. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want to leave the UP until I see a moose. But I think I have to go to Alaska to see one. I haven't seen a moose since I've come no. up here. I haven't seen I any rarely wild see animals. deer. I really do too. Yeah, like I, I see more deer. On the road. Yeah. Oh, I. See, I mean, I see dead deer all the time. Well, yeah. But I don't know where they come out because I barely see them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm thankful in a way that I haven't seen any wild yeah. animals. I know you can see bear up here. I kind of want to see one though. Like, it sounds weird. <laughs> walking down 41. <laughs> walking, maybe not in front of my car. <laughs> while I'm know. safely in the car yeah. and protected. Oh, shoot. Uh, Northern basketball was in action yesterday. The men play Southern Illinois really well. They fall 74-69. to 69. They take on the top-ranked team in Division Two today in Bellarmine. Let's see what they're really made of. Yeah, I mean, last yesterday's game, I was listening to it on the radio, back-and-forth battle. Sam Taylor came out and hit three straight threes to start the second half, mm-hmm. but they just couldn't, couldn't finish him off. But today will be a good task to see. I guess, really where they do stand. Because obviously in the GLIAC right now, right. they're one of the top mm-hmm. teams. But it's nice that they get to play outside competition right. for them to measure mm-hmm. their success. Let's be a good measuring yeah. stick for those guys. You really like the team that they have this year and the group that they've got. Naba and Isaiah complement each other so well. Mm-hmm. They take the pressure off each other. They've got the pieces there to be really good. I'd love mm-hmm. to see him get that upset win today. Signature win for Coach Saul and the guys. Yeah, that would be good. <laughs> We're hoping for it anyway. A five-star safety that was committed to Alabama, Daxton Hill. He has decommitted, and he is joining Michigan today. The Wolverines get a huge pickup in the defensive secondary. Temple get anybody good? I don't know. Yeah, I, I, don't I just know. see all their the graphics that they're showing for like the signees are like, caricature mm-hmm. where like their heads are big mm-hmm. i'm like this is so weird why can't you just put a picture like i just think signing day sometimes is overdone especially in today's social media mm-hmm. day and age where it's just like okay we get it some of the commitment videos are just amazing oh, to see yeah. what they can do how they can make those but a little over the top still amazing yeah. but over the top uh-huh. the houston rockets are targeting the lakers contavious coldwell pope why Mm. Is that a good pickup for Houston? I mean, I feel like Houston needs some help. They do, but is it Coldwell Pope? Probably not. I don't know about him. (laughs) Man, Coldwell Pope, I just, I don't see them getting better with that. What's going on with Houston this season? I mean, weren't they supposed to be good? Yeah, you would think. You would think, yeah. Well, shoot, no, Houston just, for whatever reason, doesn't seem to have it this year. They're playing Washington. They don't have it either, so a chance for Houston to uh, pick up a win tonight. We'll see. What a waste of talent, though, in Washington. Oh, I know. Time to get Bradley Beal out of there. John Wall can yeah. do whatever he wants to do. <laughs> uh, Detroit is visiting Minnesota tonight. Milwaukee is home against New Orleans. Both of those games will tip off at 8 o'clock. Tom Thibodeau was on Levitar today. They had a contest. You'll listen to Levitar today. They had Tom Thibodeau against Stan Gundy. They were playing pop culture trivia, and it was painful. It was oh, so gosh. painful. Yeah, I could imagine. They were asking Tibbs to uh, guess these pop culture questions. The answers were like Ariana Grande, Justin Bieber, Spotify, and they had no clue. 
It was hilarious. They must not have social media. I, I don't see Tom Thibodeau no. being a social media guy. I'd like to like to see him. On it. <laughs> Final question they asked him was, give us the funniest thing from the Jimmy Butler saga. Did he say anything? No, the phone yeah. call didn't last much longer. Oh, yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Still liking having Jimmy Buckets over there in Philly? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Why not? Why not? They're winning. Exactly. I They're mean, winning. kind of, but. <laughs> well, yeah. They're winning maybe a little bit better than the Celtics oh, are yeah. right now. And they've got New York tonight, so they can win that oh, game. Oh, yeah, they should. James Dolan is looking at selling the Knicks, and I think any of the fans are hoping someone gives them a real offer. Uh-huh. They're 9-23. and 23. And looking at their roster, it's almost painful. Like, it hurts my eyes to look at their roster. Life was honestly a little better when the Knicks were relevant. It was, wasn't it? It's weird to think that, as a Celtics fan, I thought that about the Lakers for a long time. I hated it when the Lakers mm-hmm. were, like, 16 and 40. Because life is better, even as a Celtics fan, when the Lakers yeah. are good. That's good for athletics. Mm-hmm. That's good for basketball. Exactly. It's weird to think what the NFL would be like if the Patriots weren't good. Some might like it, but it get old after a while. I feel like we're getting to that point soon. We are starting to get to that <laughs> point, aren't we? They are going to have to go through a revamping process, and they're going to have to do it without Tom Brady as the long-term solution at quarterback. It's going to be weird when Tom Brady is not the quarterback mm-hmm. for the New England Patriots. He's starting to look mortal. He's starting to show his age. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much longer he has left. At this rate, he's got maybe one or two years left in him that he can realistically play. I think Gronk could be done after this season. I really do. That's wild. <laughs> it is wild. And I love Gronk. Yeah. I love Gronk. I just, I don't know what the Patriots are going to look like after. The end of an era. Revamp. I don't think it'll be the end of the dynasty. It'll be the end of an era for sure, yeah. but it won't be the end of their dynasty. They'll just revamp. They'll go into Belichick's system and they'll continue to yeah. be really good. But who do they put in at quarterback? I mean, it's not going to be Brian Hoyer. I don't care if Belichick is good. <laughs> Brian Hoyer is not going to be your franchise quarterback. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. They had it in Jimmy Garoppolo, and they let him go. I don't really think he would have been the solution. You don't think so? No. No? I wonder if he will in San Fran. You think he could for San Fran? I mean, he hasn't been bad. Well, the, like, one game he played. Yeah, the <laughs> one game he played. <laughs> I don't know. He looked all right last season. He was better than, you know, C.J. Beathard, who wasn't awful himself. New England could be going through the same stretch here in the next couple of years. They could be on the same playing field as Baltimore, Jacksonville, Washington, and maybe Oakland. Who's our quarterback? It's so weird to think New England on those guys' tier. Oh, and Buffalo. Don't forget them. Yeah. Can't forget Bill's Mafia. Bill's Mafia. The New York Giants are going to be on that stretch here in a couple of week, couple of years. Excuse me. And the Jets probably should be on that stretch, too, because, man, is Sam Darnold a bust? Is he a good quarterback? I can't figure out if he's a good quarterback. I feel like for someone for us to figure out if someone's a bust, we have to give them at least a year, so? and then in the second year determine. Because mm-hmm. once you have one year under your belt, like right. I get it. We, I mean, we'll, we'll never know what it's like to be a rookie quarterback in the mm-hmm. league, but like I feel like to judge someone so quick off of what, like how many game twelve, eight, sixteen, something 12, like that. Something, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> because it, it's tough. Well, to your point, if people did that to Jared Goff. He wouldn't have played another down in football. But yeah. then you bring in Sean McVay, and uh-huh. he lights up Jared Goff, except for these last couple of games. It's, those have been bad. Yeah. I don't know if Jared Goff is good either. I can't figure that out. I can't tell if it's Sean McVay pulling all the strings 
or if Jared Goff is just not a very good quarterback. I don't know. It's hard to tell. It, re- it really is. But There are a few quarterbacks I feel that way about. Andy Dalton's one of them. I can't tell if he's good. <laughs> I'm starting to think, probably not. Probably not enough to... Well, he's all right if you want to be yeah. fairly relevant. Mediocre, yeah. yeah. You're in and you're out. Is Joe Flacco still a good quarterback? Joe Flacco is not going to be on the Ravens next no, year. No, he won't. Lamar Jackson is earning the job right now. You oh. know, it was funny. I was watching it, at, watching TV, and I was like, oh, that's what Joe Flacco looks like. For some reason, I thought he was like an older man with like borderline gray hair. And it's the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, he, he looks like a younger guy. Yeah, he's yeah. attractive. I was mm-hmm. like, I did not know this is what Joe Flacco looked like. It was kind of funny. <laughs> it may not be elite, but he's a good-looking yeah. dude. Rachel Zerby from ABC Marquette's in studio with us. We are back to wrap it up after this. You're listening to Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Sports Pen lives here on ESPN-UP. Don't forget, Pigskin Payday's back. Pick the winner of each week's game to win. Play all season long for the $100,000 grand prize only at Ojibwe Casino, Barriga, and Marquette. Rachel Zerby from ABC Marquette is in studio with us. Tanner Hoops with you Wednesday afternoon and glad that you are with us as well. Well, you're going to Chicago for Christmas. When are you leaving? Saturday. You're leaving Saturday. Man, that's going to be fun. I know. I'm going to go to Iowa. Yeah, well, I mean, that's nice. You guys to go home and see your family. I'm That'll looking be forward fun. to that. It's not quite Chicago, <laughs> but I'm happy yeah. about it. I'm looking forward to it quite a bit. It'll be good to see everybody again. I miss my dogs so much, oh, I tell you yeah. what. It's been a long time since I've seen them. They're out there listening to the show right now. They oh, listen every hey, Mom day and Dad. from what I hear. <laughs> Mom and Dad, all the family, the dogs. What's your dog's name? Lucky and Chip. Lucky and Chip. Yeah, so they're both listening. <laughs> Lucky's celebrating his birthday this week. Oh. So he's turning 13. So Did you get him a present? Well, I haven't seen him yet. Well, yeah, but did you get him a present? Not yet. Okay. Not yet. <laughs> Are you going some... to get him a present, I should say? <laughs> I'll get him something. I gave him a, a toy bee that has a squeaker in it right before I left, and uh, he still loves that. Okay. He's chewed the stuffing out of it. But he it. <laughs> nice. He's one of our most loyal listeners here in the sports pen. <laughs> Rachel Zerby is with us. Let's switch over to college basketball uh, while we have a moment. Michigan. They have been one of the surprise teams this season, but Michigan has moved up to number four in this week's rankings. ESPN actually has them at number one in the power rankings. I still think Michigan should be ranked higher. They're number four, and I think they're underranked. I do, too. I like them a lot. And it's not often that I like a Michigan team. No, me either, because I'm not really the biggest fan of Michigan. But why? I don't know. I just don't. I don't think they have ever gotten the respect that they deserve. No, they haven't. No, they throttled Villanova and they throttled North Carolina, and they're starting to wake up a few of the listeners. I want to see them play Duke. I don't know if that'll happen anytime soon, but I want to see them play Duke. Who's ranked above them? Duke and Duke, Kansas, and Tennessee. 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 I. I'm sorry. I haven't really watched Kansas play. But I just think they're overrated year in and year out. They always seem to be. They always seem to reload, and then they get knocked off by somebody they yeah. probably shouldn't. And they're that team that always gets bounced mm-hmm. early on. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I mean, at least Perry Ellis isn't on the team anymore because he's been there yeah, for Yeah, he was there years. for what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the dude looked like he was 15. Yeah. He was still playing. 
I swear I was watching him when I was five years old. Yeah. On Kansas. He just never went away. <laughs> in case you're wondering, the top five is Kansas, Duke, Tennessee, Michigan, Virginia. In that order, still not sold on Virginia. I know they're 9-0, and but I keep going back to being the first one seed to lose to a 16 in the NCAA tournament. You've got seven Big Ten teams in the top 25. You've got five ACC teams, but three ACCs in the top 10 compared to two Big Tens. Who's the better basketball conference early on this year? You think it's the ACC or you think it's the Big Ten? I think the ACC has more – they're more like – the teams that are in there are more better. Con- more they're contenders. like very powerful, yeah. if that makes sense, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. But the Big Ten top to bottom is better. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that too. Seven teams in the Big Ten. I mean, is this the best version of the Big Ten we've seen in the last decade? I mean, yeah, you can put, could you can be. make that argument. Could be. I'm trying to think <laughs> of one that was better. Because you've got teams like Minnesota's not going to be a pushover this year. They'll make you mm-hmm. earn a win. You've got teams like Iowa that are hanging around the bottom of the top 25. Indiana's kind of up and down. Never really know what you'll get out of them. But like Minnesota, mm-hmm. they'll make you earn a win. Northwestern is another team that can be tricky. There's some talent in the Big Ten this season. There's a lot to like about them. And then Ohio State, it's like Aaron Kraft is back. (laughs) His big shot over Iowa State in the NCAA tournament second round, I still remember. That was was a big one. That was a dagger to a lot of people. Are you in Iowa State or Iowa? Notre Dame. You You don't like Iowa or Iowa State? If you had to pick one. I have more associations, whether it's friends who go there or people who've mentored me in their broadcast department with the University of Iowa. Okay. So I might favor them a little bit. I don't know that I have a favorite between those two. I tell you what, though, for the Cyhawk game, the annual Iowa-Iowa State football game, I wear Notre Dame stuff. It is wild. It's a national holiday (laughs) in Iowa. Yeah, people have wanted to fight me in Iowa City for wearing Notre Dame stuff before. I don't blame them. Yeah, I know. People <laughs> you could have just wore something neutral. I could have, but I wasn't going to. I just wanted to stir the pot a little. If you're there, if you're at Iowa City or Ames for the game, and you don't like either team, normally the unwritten rule, the culture, is to wear UNI stuff. Is to wear Northern Iowa. Panthers okay. Theater. But I didn't. <laughs> just wore Notre Dame. Show them what a real football team looks exactly. like. Exactly. <laughs> College football playoff. <laughs> The Fighting Irish have done it. Yes, Notre Dame, there is a college football playoff, and you're in it. The Irish, down 10 in the first half, rallied to beat USC 24-17. to Let's go to college football here before we run out of time. Nick Saban has never beat the guy who's won the Heisman Trophy that season while the head coach at Alabama. He will get his third chance to do it coming up here in a little over a week when he takes on Kyler Murray and Oklahoma. Nick Saban actually has a losing record against that year's Heisman Trophy winner in his coaching career. He's just 1-4, but his only win came at LSU against a guy from Oklahoma, and Jason White, who won the Heisman back in 2003. That's a very weird stat. Isn't that a weird stat? That's our stat <laughs> You of the day. can't be a Heisman Trophy winner. <laughs> yeah, he's won the Heisman for a reason. The other Heisman winners that Nick Saban has lost to in his career – at Alabama, he's over 2 lost to Cam Newton in 2010, lost to Johnny Manziel in 2012. And then when he was coach of Michigan State, isn't that weird to think about Saban yeah. coaching the Spartans? He lost to Charles Woodson in 97, 
and Ron Dane in 99. So that's our stat of the Hey, day. that's what Oklahoma has going for them. And that's the stat they needed to hear to make them feel a little more comfortable. Nick Saban can't beat Heisman Trophy winners. How much does Kyler Murray need to lead that offense to? How much does that offense need to score to give them a real chance I mean, against I think Alabama? He, they have to be near perfect. Is it going to have to be like a 70-65 to 65 game, like a basketball score? Probably. I almost wonder yeah. if it will have to be. <laughs> I mean, you know that Oklahoma defense is not going to hold Bama to. They're not going to stop Tua. They're not going to start stop Hurts. Yeah. Alabama is going to put up some points. Oh yeah. That day to say yeah. the least. It's, and I think they're going to put up more points in Oklahoma. Maybe just by a little bit. Kyler can put up points with the best of them, but that Alabama team is a machine. Like unlike any that we've seen so far this season. Cotton Bowl game. You've got Notre Dame taking on Clemson. I'll say this. <laughs> I don't think Notre Dame will win that game, but I think it'll be a better game than people think. I do think Notre Dame will will play him to one score. I don't think Clemson mm-hmm. will cover the spread, but I see Clemson is maybe winning by a field goal. That's my pick because at some point you've got to be a realist, not a homer, and realize <laughs> that. Yeah. You got to realize that Clemson's been at this stage before. They know how to win in big game atmospheres. And that's going to play into the college football semifinal against Notre Dame. I think it'll be a good game. But to be honest, I think think Notre Dame's just happy to be there. I'm looking forward to all the tweets after, like, Notre Dame loses or, like, Oklahoma loses. There's like, oh, like, Georgia should have been in there. It would have been so much better. The competition would have been – it would have been a better game. Like, all those – salty people who the teams didn't get in everyone would be like well it would have been better if oklahoma was or georgia was there or ohio state was in there ohio or michigan was never in the yeah picture but oh all the overreactions my do, favorite do you think ucf will win their bowl game they got lsu can they win that one i hope without so. mckenzie milton i i mean you know me i always back up the american athletic conference so i want ucf to win very bad ucf has been in talks with Florida about getting them on their schedule. The original proposal from Florida was that they would play them for two games, but Florida would get a host both of them. Now Florida will get a host two. Central Florida gets to host one. Central Florida should do this, shouldn't they? I mean, I know they have to play twice in the swamp, but if they really want to be a contender for the college football playoff, they got to make this deal happen, don't oh, they? Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. And I feel like Florida, like, I think they could – they can beat Florida. You think so? Yeah. Well, the thing is, Florida doesn't owe UCF anything no. by doing this. They'll be just fine without UCF on their schedule. But UCF can do everything perfect and still not get in. So they need Florida a lot more than Florida mm-hmm. needs them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I wonder about this eight-team expansion, how that might affect UCF's schedule. I'm glad to see that they're going out to schedule higher opponents with a 14 playoff because they know – that they're not going to get uh-huh. in unless they change. But if they get an 18 playoff, I like the 18 playoff. But if they do that, there's no incentive to beef up your schedule. And it's basically going to reward them for eating cupcakes. And maybe they're a good enough team to be a top four team, to be a playoff team. But I don't like that. I don't like rewarding teams for easy schedules. Yeah. And I just feel like I saw someone made a good point the other day where it was like, People don't want an 18 playoff because then, like, the last couple of weeks of the college football season doesn't mean anything because you kind of know who the mm-hmm. teams are. But if you think about it, going into the last couple of weeks of the college football season with four teams, you have a good idea of 
who three of the four teams yeah. are. So what's what's the difference? Well, I think about a lot of those teams that are ranked maybe 12th through 15th, they would have no shot at getting in the top mm-hmm. four. They would still have a shot at getting yeah. in the top eight if they can pull out a few wins if, late in the yeah, season. Yeah, if anything, I feel like having an 18 playoff would make the regular season mean mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because you'll have more teams. I mean, obviously, with only four spots, you have a lot of teams battling for it. But there's only, like, at the end of the day, really six mm-hmm. trying to get in those four spots. Whereas if you have eight, you literally have, like, the whole top 20 trying to get in there, you know? I would like to see the expansion <laughs> happen sooner than later. I'm not sure that it will, although they're starting to put talks in motion. I'm hoping they rip up that yeah. contract, buy it out. Maybe we'll see a little expansion, but I do hope that the Central Florida-Florida game goes down because that would be fun to see. They need it. Last thing before we sign off because we're almost out of time. If Central Florida were to have Florida on their schedule this season, let's speculate and say they played, they beat them, Florida was still a really good team like they had this season, ranked number 10, would that have been enough for Central Florida to be one of the top four? That they Absolutely would be in instead of Oklahoma? You don't think so? I don't think honestly no matter how tough their schedule is i don't really think it matters they're not a power five Mm -hmm. conference they come from the american athletic conference so how many big time opponents will central florida need to schedule to go undefeated and get into a 14 playoff like how many floridas will it take to have on their schedule like five five (laughs) no like i i was thinking like four i I don't know because we the america it's the aac they Mm -hmm. already get overlooked mm-hmm. so if you have one good win okay two okay but i feel like three or four would be like okay now at that we point can yeah see. as many non-conference games yeah. as you have use those yeah. to get some power five teams because if like in conference isn't that good no. no like i mean houston used to be good memphis i think was kind of good but now mm-hmm. like no one no one in the american is like ever rarely like ranked besides I mean, south florida sometimes right. will sneak in there and like Cincy here and there but again it's the American Athletic Conference so do those teams are those teams even good that are ranked you know what was UCF's biggest non-conference game this year was it Pitt that's not gonna get the job done I have no idea I think it was Pitt and that's not good enough no (laughs) Rachel Zerby from ABC Marquette is in studio with us as always appreciate you being here have fun in Chicago and have a Merry Christmas that's it for us here in the sports pen we'll come at you tomorrow here on ESPN UP